Bishem Hashem Moving into our modern halacha, the question today is especially for Sephardic and specifically Persians. What's the what's the idea of Chalav Yisrael versus Chalav Stam? And should what was the custom in Iran? Should we keep it? Shouldn't we keep it? What's the right thing? Um, it's a it's a fascinating thing what Rabbi Moshe Feinstein writes about it that became the, kind of the minag in America, where most of the hashkachas were made. There's a Gemara in Avodah Zarah, Daf Lamed Hey, that says something very important. It says, "Elu dvarim We know chachamim, and this is really really heartbreaking, guys. This is one of the most difficult and painful times in Jewish history where in many communities, including America, um, San Francisco, and certain age groups, there's almost 70% assimilation. France, our Chachamim saw this in Ruach HaKodesh. Because Galut is a very dangerous place, right? That's why every second we want Mashiach now. Because every second we're in Galut, in exile, so many, so many pure Jewish souls that just don't know any better get fried and into the depths of the satanic you know Jews for Jesus and you know all these you know assimilation and Buddhists you know we've had hundreds of thousands of Jews become Buddhists you know that Rabbi Tatz had to write a book about that it's a shame Chachamim saw that this was going to happen that's why they instituted many laws like Bishulakum now the Mishnah is just going off the previous sugya is there's certain things that rabbinically are even usher for any benefit like Yainesek, uh, uh, right? Which is Stamieno, the wine of a Goy. The wa- wa- wine of a non-Jew not only is forbidden to eat, but is even forbidden, forbidden to benefit. But the Mishnah compares and contrasts that to what? Chalavakum. What is Chalavakum? Chalavakum is that um, the uh, when if a Jew is not present and a the, the cow is milked by a non-Jew, our Chachamim were afraid that perhaps what would happen there, the uh, non-Jew would, imper- would purge into the kosher milk the um, milk of a pig or a camel or a donkey, right? Those are the three prime Prime, prime things. Even though Rav Ovadia Yosef's son, the chief rabbi of Israel, and the Yalkut Yosef writes something very fascinating. Did you know this? He said that um, kosher milk is white. Non-kosher milk has a more of a greenish or yellowish tinge to it. Yeah. It's yeah, no. So that's the previous. The whole this whole chapter in Shulchan Aruch talks about Chol Yisrael. Is, is the chapter of Kol Habami Tame Tame. You know what that means? Which means, the only exception to this is bees and honey. But the classical rule, you know, there's always an exception to every rule, but 99% of the time, if something is impure, like a pig, then any byproduct of the pig, like the pig's uh, milk or the pig's urine, I'm, uh, I apologize, because there used to be an ancient treaty, treaty even Rabbi Ovadia Yosef writes that, People that had asthma, they would eat the urine of a donkey, and sometimes they would say it's a thing. He talks about it. He says, he says if the guy, it's, he says halachically it's okay to do. If it, if it, 
No, if 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 the guy's uh, asthma is life threatening, and it's actually a a proven bona fide doctor, I mean nowadays I don't think it's legit. We have, <laughs> but I'm I'm saying th- th- this chapter of Shulchan Aruch is just going on, on that idea that um any byproduct of an animal, the only exception to, to, to this is. That, that we need a pasuk, the Gemara and Bechorah springs. That how do we know honey should also be non-kosher? Because, right, bees are not kosher. So that the Gemara brings, Eres Zavat Chalabu Devash. It's that land of milk and honey. And the Gemara brings different exceptions to that rule. So, the, um, I actually have one of my students, Jason, a shout out to you. The, um, he said that he did find in Erwan camel milk. So, one of the reasons why Rav Maisha and then we'll see Rav Salavechik, the Rosh Hashiva of YU, and she was a big goan, he was of the Brisk dynasty. Rav Yashaber has a whole heter that he had like Rav Maisha. But the, the issue over there is that don't make a mistake. Chachamim were, were worried that the non-Jew perhaps he has to give you like a gallon of white milk and he ran out, then he'd make half of it pig's milk or camel milk. So that's why any milk that a Jew did not supervise, we're worried that there may be a mixture of non-kosher meat from a non-kosher species and therefore um, it's not per- 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 permitted. Now... Yeah, just let's do the questions at the end because I don't want to lose my train of thought. Now, the 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 million dollar question is is that in in the United States of America, and I just wanted to also go talk about butter. Remind me to talk about butter and powdered milk because those are also nagaya. Let's just go into the crux of it. The great posik of America, where was universally accepted as the number one authority of America, the Lubavitcher Rebbe and Rabbi Yosef Bear and Rav Shach and all the Gedolim would ask him all their halachic questions. The Mara Atra, the master of halachic expertise in America, was Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein wrote a hallmark monumental tshuva that really changed the whole observance of Chal of Yisrael in America. And we want to analyze that and um, also bring out a fascinating, fascinating um, dispute to explain why the Khatam Sofer rejects Rav Moshe. And it's really fascinating, fascinating material that I was not aware of. Rav Moshe Feinstein basically makes a compelling argument. Rav Moshe Feinstein writes in, uh, it's in Igrot Moshe, his encyclopedia on halacha, his responda, Yoredea chapter, uh, volume one. Teshubah 47, for those that want to look it up. And I'll read for you what Rav Moshe Feinstein writes about Chal of Yisrael verbatim, so we know exactly what he's talking about. Because I know the Chabad rabbis, were a lot, a lot of people were disturbed that they say Rav Moshe's thing was taken out of contents. But you also have to understand that whether the OK, which is run by Chabad, you know, it's Rabbi Levi is Chabad, OK, the OU, and the Chavke, the star K really does not give the Chal of Islam, but they created another Heksha called the star D. But in America, based on what Moshe Feinstein writes here, the vast majority of the, uh, of the Kashut agencies that accumulatively 
certify hundreds of thousands of products, right? Not thousands, not tens of thousands, but between the OU, OK, and Chavke. <laughs> I was just in Bonds last night. You see all the pies have Chavke dairy, Chavke, you know. And, you know, the Canadian, a lot of the stuff is cooked in Canada. So Rabbi Moshe writes basically like this, that, So he says that I want to give him a hallmark heter that even though there was no Jew, so basically how do we solve the problem of perhaps there being non-kosher? A Jew supervises, right? So if a Jew is there, it's like a mashkiach. So the, the thing can't do any hanky-panky. So Rabbi Moshe Feinstein writes that in the United States of America and Europe, where they have a kind of what equivalent of a USDA, uh, he says, He says, basically, if we know for a fact, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that this is impossible for this milk, statistically to have any, Non-kosher. non-kosher milk in it, it's like a, it's a non sahade. It's like, even though we didn't see it, but we know it. And he, he writes like this, He says, listen, the bottom line is, if anybody wants to play around the game and put, let's say some guy went crazy, right? He had too much marijuana. And he says, basically, he's going to be fined by the way, I did a lot of research on this. The OU, just to let you guys know, said that this is something that is uh, well, well monitored. Between two and six times a year, they they make sure to monitor that the milk is actually fully cow. He says, currently the government expects inspects all milk farms two to six times a year. Government state farm inspection protocol specifically includes a provision that only cows are in the farms, milking parlors, or cow yard. Which means it's against state protocol in the United States of America for you to share your dairy, right? If your farm makes dairy products where you milk the cows, you cannot have any non-kosher animals. Which means a farm that would want to make non-kosher milk would have to be a different separate, you understand? It's against state protocol. By the way, it's also... You have the feds and the state. A lot of times it's a double type of uh, thing. Government inspectors track the intake and outtake of all milk at dairies, dairy farms. Thus, the source farms are identified by the inspectors and they must correlate with the farms approved by the government. So they audit it. You know, it's like kind of a foolproof thing. So Ramayshim Feinstein basically says, this guy would have to be crazy to shoot himself in the head and go and bring non-kosher because he's gonna cl- they're probably going to close down his dairy farm and he's going to lose... Millions of dollars, right? So he's very afraid of the inspectors that we say come to two to six times a year. And it's it's basically, we have a clear knowledge, even though we, we haven't seen it, but we know that this is kosher milk, right? So we know there's nothing non-kosher in there, no non-kosher meat. But Moshe finds he says this is according to all opinions. What I'm saying, even according to the Shulchan Aruch, the ain't time the chalak men lechem l'reitz this milk So the Moshe finds him as he writes. He says if you want to be lenient and have non of Yisrael, now Rav David Feinstein and Rav Reuven Feinstein, they actually argue that according to Rav Moshe, this is chal of Yisrael, which means 
The USDA is acting like a Jewish mashkiach. The cost is so prohibitive, you understand? It's like to, 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 to do something so silly, it's not worth it for them. So he says, he says, this is a big reason, Rabbi Moshe writes, he says, first of all, most of the people in America do not keep Chav Yisrael. This was written in Tavshin Yudalit. When is that, Joel? Tavshin Yudalit, this is back in, so we're Tavshin Pei Gimel. So this is 70 years ago. Pei Gimel, 80, and then Yudalit is 14. So 70 years ago, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says most of the people were not keeping Chav Yisrael, the from people in America. And he said a lot of Rabbanim don't keep it either. So it says, Chas v'shalom, we should say that they're going against Halacha. He says, if you want to be Machmir, though, if, you want to, if you're a Bentaira and you're... He says, it is appropriate to be Machmir, and it doesn't show that you're a Shawaf, Yehura, right? In certain, certain Chumrah, certain stringencies, you shouldn't do if you're not on the, the level, right? But Moshe Feinstein says, no, to keep Chal Bishol the right way, the classical way, is not a Shawaf, it's not Yehura. And he says, I myself am Machmir. And he says, Gachas v'shalom, somebody that goes on Rav Moshe's heter to say that since there's no way in the world the, um, that this guy is going to bring non-kosher because it's not worth it for him. It's just he's going to get shut down and lose millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. He says we shouldn't view those people. Um, that whole call Yisrael, that's like. No, no, that whole Chalaf Stam. Right, so what Ramayshah, what all the hashkachas give you, OU, OK, all the milk products, it's called Chal of Stam. Now, we, we shouldn't, Ramayshah writes here that Chas Shalom, you should be mazalzal in them, like make fun of them, ridicule them, and think that they are not meticulous in keeping their mitzvahs. So the OU, actually, the, the uh, director of the OU, which is himself a great Tamachacham, they interviewed him. And, um, they asked him that what's the story with you? With, so he said that his Rebbe, Rav Yashav Ber Shalavechik, the Rav, the Rosh Hashiva, he said that he had three reasons that his Rebbe did not help like Rav Moshe Feinstein, which is actually fascinating. And then we'll go to what Rav Avadi writes about this, Rav Avadi and the Sephardic Postkin. He said that Rav Salavechik's students uh, knew when he resided in the United States, he drank plain package milk, right? That was non So, You know, parenthetically, he was the Rav of Boston. Now, he had three reasons why he was Mekel, Rav Salavechik. First of all, there's the pre-Chadash, which we're going to go into. The pre, the Sephardim, by the way, guys, us Persians did not used to keep Chalvisro in Iran. This I clarified with the greatest um, Sephardic post-game. We're going to get into all the other Middle Easterns. The uh, Rabbi Netanelli, whenever he has a question, he asks the Av Betin of Rav Avadia's Bedin, Rav Gidon Ben Moshe, that actually comes to LA quite a few times. My friend Rabbi Michael Motamedi learns with him an hour a day over the phone. So at the end of the year, we'll say his psak. But it's clear that in Iran... The pre-Chadash says a fa- fascinating thing. The pre-Chadash says that what's your problem? You're afraid that there's non-kosher mixed in? But what about if all the dairy farms, there is no non-kosher? 
all the dairy farmers, they only milk the cow, the milk of cows and goats. There are no camel dairy, dairy farm. There's the, the person that's old McDonald that's giving you your milk does not have any, um, when you go to get the milk, right, before the world was commercialized and we had, you know, Ralphs and stuff, people would have to go to the dairy farmer. He says the guy doesn't have in his pasture amongst his flock that he milks any pigs even on that farm or any camels. So the pre-Hadash, this is from a few hundred years ago. By the way, the pre-Hadash is one of the greatest, he's actually a very brazen, audacious posek. He even argues on the Shulchan Aruch. The... Rav Chizkiah de Sila. He's a great Sephardic post in Prichadash. Prichadash already wrote many, many millennia ago that... Um, what kind of Sephardic is he from where? I think he was from Egypt and Eretz Yisrael. He gives a hetar already a few hundred years ago. He says that if the um, farm, farmer, has no um, non-kosher animals that he's getting milk from because he doesn't even have those in his flock. And it's just, the people don't even drink it. It's not part of the culture of the, you know. Why would anybody milk non-kosher thing? It's to sell it. But if nobody buys it, it's everybody likes, prefers cow milk because they can make it into butter and I cheese. They could do it to increase the protein level. Yeah, yeah. But the, the Pre-Hadash is just trying to say that um, if there are no non-kosher animals in the herd that's being milked, right? So you've been to the milk farm, you, your grandfather, your great-grandfather a thousand times, right? Between you and your brothers and cousins, the holy, right? You've never seen the guy milk. The guy doesn't have any of these animals on his farm. So the Prichadash already a few hundred years ago wrote that you, 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 don't ha- that, that you don't have to be worried. It's considered, it's kosher. Then he brings a fascinating other heter. Rav Salavechik held that since the whole thing, see, if you look at the Gemara, you learn the Sugi and the Poskin, we're afraid that the non-Jew may, like he said, Joel said, maybe for some odd reason he wants to make a, make it taste better, or he's anti-Semitic, he wants to, you know, you know, sometimes they do crazy stuff like that to mess with us, you know. But Rav Salavechik makes another compelling um, argument, and that is, is that this is all machine. So if so, it's a three three reasons, right? How are you going to get non kosher milk when the whole thing is not even done by humans anymore? Already from 50, 60, 70 years ago, you understand? It's it, it's it's a commercial factory, and the only thing they really care about is money. So they want to get produce as much milk as possible. No human is interfering. It goes to the udder of the cow. The machine pulls it and thinks. So how is non kosher going to get mixed into there? So for these three reasons. Um, the uh, the OU helped that it's 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 not a problem. Now, uh, I want to get to butter and and um, thing milk powder. Yeah, yeah, uh, powdering milk because you you, sh- you should know a lot. Uh, the vast majority, a lot of the commercialized things, milk powder is only a fraction of the price of fresh milk. You know that. So a lot of the things use milk powder or whey. If you see proteins that have whey, people that work out, they need to have whey. So let's see what the p- position of Rav Avadia Yosef is. The, the, the issue over here, if somebody wants to look this up, is in Yalkut Yosef, volume 2, Isur Heter, page um, 50, 86 and 87, Halacha Chet. 
he says that um, the now, now this is very important to realize that many people reject what Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says, like the Hasidic. Now, I would be doing you a disservice if I would just tell you, let you know that um, this idea that Rabbi Moshe Feinstein brings that um, there's no reason in the world for the farmer to come give you non-kosher milk because he's going to get fined and he's going to close down his farm, right? Because it's um, it's fraudulent and it's, it's just not worth it for him. There's no reason in the world why he would do it. He's very scared. This is not only the opinion, this is this argument, the chazonish, none other, holds like Rabbi Moshe. And it's brought down here in Rabbi Zakai, one of the great authors. He's probably written over 100 halachic works and works on Musa, Rabbi Zakai, Esfani Rabbi, that is a great malaket. He actually brings something fascinating. He says the chazonish, Brings the same rationale as the Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. So it's not only Rabbi Moshe. And he says that even the, one of the Talmudim of the Stipler, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky's father, Rabbi, he, he brings a fascinating thing. He says that the Stipler once even said that, um, you could, for your children especially, right? See, there's a, there's a third camp that says that you have to understand where well, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's argument is a very strong argument. That the Chazonish holds up the Stipler, the great Rosh Hashiva Bedebrak, that his son became the God of Lador, Rukhaim Kanievsky's father, the Kilas Yankiv. And I'll read it for you verbatim. He writes that, um, he says, he says, first of all, the King and Tyra, there's not a place in Menebrak that says, this whole heter of Moshe Feinstein and the Chazonish was only given for sick and old people, right? They needed to get their milk and needed to get their natural cal- calcium and magnesium and vitamin D, which is in a lot of the... So it was only for old people or sickly people or, or, or um, children. But he says that um, not only did the Chazonish, but he says that uh, practically speaking, his brother-in-law, the Kilas Yankiv, also helped, told people that they could go buy Chal of Stam, Man Chal of Israel, to give to their kids. So it's just not like, you have to understand, Ramesh is not like one out of outliner Posik that holds of this. So let's go understand the different schools of thought. Why people are stringent and why people are strict. And then we'll see what the minhag in Iran is and we'll talk about butter and powdered milk. See, the issue over here the Yalkut Yosef brings is, is that we know for a fact, the reason why not to hold like Rabbi Moshe Feinstein is, is based on the Rashva and the Gemara. The Gemara says when Chachamim make a rabbinical decree. The only way to nullify that decree is you need a greater betin that is either has more members or has more knowledge than the betin that forbid the thing. So the, 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 the issue over here is, is that for thousands of years, Chal Yisrael was forbidden. Now you, Rav Moshe Feinstein, or the Prichadash, you also say, by the way, you have to understand that according to Rav Salavechik, it's a three different heters. You understand? He says, first of all, everything is by, by machine. So Chachamim never ostered. But by machine, if the whole, the whole factory is made to make kosher milk, how are you going to get non-kosher? And the Prichadash, 
see, the Chazonish seems to put the pre-Chadash's rationale and Rav Moshe's rationale together. But Rav Salavechik and many other people say, no, it has nothing to do with each other. There's one thing that the guy's scared that he's going to get shut down by the U.S., by the government, if he does it. There's another reason that what? He doesn't, he's not even the business of giving you non-kosher milk because he doesn't have it any on his farm. So that's right. So, now the Chazonish kinds of says that uh, Rav Moshe is basing himself on the Pichadash. That's a different, but clearly the poskim that are machmer, they are going with this rationale that um, the, the, Challenge the right. We, you want to take a halacha that we've kept in a rabbinical halacha and say, since, since the reason doesn't apply anymore, so it's, we don't need a mashkiach anymore. We don't need a chalvi a Jew watching it. By the way, parenthetically, you don't need a mashkiach tamidi. The Yalkut Yosef writes very clearly that as long as it, when the, before the non-Jew started milking the cow, the bucket was empty, right? And was clean. As long as you go in and come out, you don't have to be there like a, on top of him auditing him 24-7. Parenthetically, you should know, since this whole thing is rabbinical in nature, uh, my good friend that has a whole Sephardic halachic center, it could be, I think the star K holds like this. Some people hold that it. it could be Chal uh, Yisrael. You don't need the naked eye to be mashkir through cameras. That holds? The OU doesn't hold of it. It could be other hashkachas hold of it. I wouldn't, it would make sense. Cause last week I gave it a whole shiur on Yichud. You know how you're not allowed to be alone with a woman. If somebody, obviously, if somebody's watching you through a camera, some posts can do give the header because you're, it's even worse. You're being recorded. So it's like evidence against you. So here also, if the guy does anything bad, you know, in a way, it's even better than a mashkiach because the, the guy could deny and say the mashkiach is lying, but here it's being recorded. You see that he's being, so that just it's just something to, to 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 consider that some posts can make consider that good, but well, why is it that some women not enough? Oh, the thing what would be the because the, the concern is is that um, other posts can argue that the rabbinic requirements of Chalisham mandates that a Jew must be physically present. So checking the barn and even not being there the whole process. Is not required as you could go in and come out, right? Because the guy's scared, right? You have to be there 24 7 while he's milking. But as long as you started off that he was on the right process, it was a kosher cow, kosher, you know. But they, they say that, I, I, I honestly, I don't know, but they, they believe that uh, the physical, I guess, for the guy to be scared to do anything, thing, he needs a physical mashkiach there. They don't hold of it. But here's the issue I want to bring out. The reason to argue on Rav Moshe Feinstein is, like I started telling you, is the Aruch HaShulchan, you have to understand, like we said, the Rabbi Jackner, which is a, a great, great online English halachic works, he writes essays. Is, it says, perhaps, I started the whole shir by saying the reason Chachamim instituted this is there's two ways of looking at this Gezera. One reason is we don't want to, you to assimilate. So it could be there, like the Benishchai many times means, it could be there's a Kabbalistic reason behind this milk being watched by a Jew. You understand? So therefore, those poskim that reject Rav Moshe Feinstein, they, they basically say like this. They say that in the, in the end of the day, 
the Khatam Sofer, the Chachmas Adam, the Khatam Sofer can be found in chapter 1, um, Orachayim Kufnun Zayin, that um, they reject the, the, the Prichadash because they, they hold that the issue over here is, is that it doesn't necessarily have to do with the kashrut, that we're worried you're going to bring something tameh. The rabbi said they said. We don't know all the reasons, right? So therefore, it could be that the reason they said is because they didn't want you to, they wanted you to go, not to go to Old McDonald, but to Old McDavid or Old McDaniel. And no, no, seriously. Like, for example, a lot of, there's a lot of the Benishchai brings a lot of people don't know. It's forbidden to eat in a Goyesha bar, even if all the beer you drink is kosher. Because it's a gezerah, they didn't want you to, where do people hook up and do all the bad stuff that they need? It's in the bar. So the, the Chachamin realized that many thousands of years ago, and they made a gezerah against that. So the people that are machmir and reject the prichadash is saying, okay, you, you think the only reason is that there's something defiled, something non-kosher may get inside, but the Chachamin, that was, they, that was one reason they revealed, but the, there may be many reasons they didn't tell us. And one of those may be assimilation, that you by killing, keeping Chal Yisrael, you're going to be holier and more removed from the Goyim and you can't mix and eat together, right? Um, because, uh, again, a lot of times the way people get intimate is through they break, break bread together, they eat together. But if he, you can't have his ice cream, right? You can't have a day at Baskin Robbins together, exactly. So... Those are the reasons that the pre-Chadash is thing. But let's go to Rav Moshe's Heter. Rav Moshe's Heter is a whole different thing. The, the, what, 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 uh, Rabavadia, Rabavadia Yosef rejects the pre-Chadash, by the way. Why? Because this you have to know. There was a great, great Sephardic rabbi that wrote over 75 Sephardim, 70, 75, Marana Chida. He was so great that some people say the same re- way that we accepted all the Shulchan Arach's halachas, we accepted everything the Chida said. Rav Chaim Yosef David Azulai. The Chida regarding this whole issue of the Pre-Chadash, he says, see, in theory, he does hold of the rationale of the Pre-Chadash, the Chida, Marana Chida. The issue with, with um, the Chida writes that the Minhag of Eretz Yisrael and Syria was not like the pre-Chadash. was to have real, like Chabad and Chassidim and all the Yeshivish Haredim people, that they have to have bona fide what? Chal of Yisrael, with a mashkiach and somebody going. Yeah. So therefore, Turkey also, he writes, they were Mahamir. So the Chidah writes like this. Chidah says, listen, if your minhag was like the pre-Chadash, then who am I to come argue on him? No, you could, you could be lenient. You understand? But in case you don't know what your minhag is, halachically speaking, the right thing to do is to have it the real, real Chav Yisrael. Now, let's read what... what um, so Rav Yitzhak Yosef brings in his um, book, Rav Moshe Feinstein, and he writes something very interesting. He writes, you should know that it's not only Rav Moshe Feinstein that holds like this, it's actually based on the Badvaz, one of the contemporaries, the pre-Chadash is based on the Radvaz. What is the Radvaz? Vice? He says, the Chalav eno katam. So the, again, like I was telling you before, the rationale of the pre-Chadash is based that it's ne- 
they hold, Rav Moshe Feinstein, a lot of the Rav Moshe Feinstein students also hold of this. I saw in the OU. They hold, when the rabbis came and said, you have to have Chal of Yisrael, the only reason they made the Gezerah because they were afraid they were going to have non-kosher, right? There were no spiritual assimilation reasons, right? So the Radvaz, which was a contemporary of the Shulchan Arach, and is one of the most important Sephardic postkim, he was the chief rabbi of Egypt, and he lived at the same time as Rabbi Yosef Karo. He writes it. Let me. He writes it in chapter seventy-five in Shalzut Shuvas Radvaz. He says, "Chalav milk ain't no davar shenesar b'minyan." It was never. It's never that the Bedin came and said it's also like Bishul Akum. It's something. It's it's like the non-kosher wine, right? That it becomes intrinsically. Traif. The whole problem there is that there, if there's no mashkiach there, there may have gotten some non-kosher mixed in. Therefore, you don't even have to go to the Prichadash. The Radvaz is like more of a Rishon. He's a very, very early Acharonim. He says anywhere that you know, based on the facts on the ground, that the farm doesn't have any the farm that you're buying your milk from does not have any camels there. So how would camel milk get mixed into there? He, he, you can be lenient. So bottom line is, is that since we have to talk about butter and, and uh, thing, I, I just want to wrap this up. Rav, 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 Rav Yitzchak Yosef writes that based on the opinion of his father, Rav Avadia, in Israel for sure you should keep real Chal Yisrael. Why? Because 99% of the thing is Chal Yisrael. So why would you... God out of your, it's no mitzvah to go. And also, it's more than that. The minhag of Syria and all the lands surrounding Israel was that they, they, they were not lenient like the pre-Chadash, right? So therefore, but he writes something very interesting. He says somebody living in America, which is hard for him to get Chal Yisrael milk, and I'll read for it, read it for you for, verbatim. He says, he says, he does, uh, even in Israel, he says, listen, if somebody needs milk and he doesn't have Chal Yisrael milk, and somebody's sick, like he needs to have a certain amount of calcium, and the doctor said you have to have milk in every day, or for little kids, even in Israel, Rabbi Yitzhak Yosef is uh, lenient for sick people, sickly people, and children. But regularly speaking, in Israel, since most everything is Rabbi Yitzhak, so just go with the minhag and the, the, the classical halacha. But he writes something very interesting. He says, people that live outside of Israel, oh, this I'll be doing you a disservice. By the way, Mexico or any third world country which does not have a USDA, which means if, let's say you're living in China, China's not going to go arrest anybody for giving, everything is counterfeit there. They lie like, Rabbi Heinemann was once telling my brother-in-law that was taking a mashkiach course, like how to be a rabbinical coordinator. He said like for them, lying is like drinking water. It's the same thing. There's no, yeah. They have no qualms about lying. It's like they don't believe in God. You know, it's a different moral and ethical system. So definitely, so that, that comes in Afkamina, by the way. Let's go a little bit yeshivish deep. Lefi, Rav Moshe's heter is only going to help you in like Europe or a first world country where the guy's going to get fined so severely by giving you dairy, which is not real cow milk, that they're going to close the shop. But once you're in a third world country that the guy's not afraid and everything's shady anyways, everything... Then it has to, has to be Chav Yisrael. But the pre Chadash's Heter would still stand, would apply. If you know for a fact that this farm, because it's like you're the Mashkiach, right? You did, you, you know for a fact this hamlet or town or small village that you're getting your milk from, organic milk from, 
you inspect, right? It's not like you were there when he milked the cows, but you inspect it and the guy does not have any... Right? The Prichadash is saying, on that farm, if there... Nobody is milking, there are no um, other types of animals, right? It's only a cow farm. Then how would non- how would the, the farm give you non-kosher? It doesn't make sense, right? So bottom line is, it's very interesting. Rabbi Tzach Yosef says for people in America that it's hard for them to be machmer, they could have non-chal Yisrael. He says, he says that they can be lenient, even if it's not sickly people, just regularly. Because he's basically saying that, um, now, I, I did research on this. What, what about Persians? See, the, the issue was that the way um, Rav Gidon ben Moshe, which is a big disciple of Chacham ben Sion Shaul and Rav Ovadia, it seems that in Iran, they were they were, were lenient like the Prichadash. I don't know if they had any, had any mashkichim. Even hundreds of years ago, where every Persian Jew Baruch Hashem was holy and Shomer Shabbat, and right, none of them would carry because they would have an eruv. You know, they they, had, they knew the laws of eruv, right? This is before the second Har Sinai that the uh, ones from Ali yeah. said. <laughs> like even, the, even in Tehran, even te- there was no Tehran hundred years ago. No, of course. No, Joel, let, let, let's back up here. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, that's why I read the Truman side. There's no mitzvah to go out of your way and have them halvishal. But the issue, the way Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's children explained it is that um, the people that are big chassidim of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein say that when you want to go towards this rationale that the stipler holds up, the chazonish holds up, and he brings a, a lot of other people, the besamim rosh, there are many other people that hold up Rav Moshe's, it wasn't only Rav Moshe's chiddush. What, what happens is, is that the, the, in a way they hold that this essentially is, our knowledge is making it like how we saw. The USDA is good as enough yeah. as being how we saw, but uh, bottom line is the minag of Iran was that they were lenient like the Prichadash and therefore in America if one um, would like bottom line as a conclusion to the shear you can be makel because the minag in America was uh, Rav Henkin which was the posak of America before Rav Moshe seems to hold that way was the minag in America was to be lenient now Nowadays, in any major Orthodox community, you could readily get Chal And by the way, there is something to be said. According to the Ben Ishchai, if you look in the Ben Ishchai, when he writes about the subject of uh, eating Pas Yisrael and Chal Yisrael and all these things, he says, obviously, Shani, the more careful you are, the more holy your children are, your family is, right? But somebody would be um, would be very, very sad for somebody to think that anybody that is lenient is just it's basically it's this is it's based the heter is based on ancient Rishon, on 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 people that were the contemporary of the Shulchan Aruch, the Radvaz they're going just with the with the idea that again to 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 kind of clarify where they're coming from where of Soloveitchik and the heter comes from is that the whole worry is that it's not going to be not it's going to be non-kosher. It wasn't that they made this intrinsically something that's haram, right? It's not like they made this like yain nesech, 
that this is something that's like has pig. We're just worried that there may be pig milk in it. So if it's a type of situation that we basically have are, are almost a hundred percent percent sure, then it's fine. Those other postcards that argue say no. Now regarding butter, butter in Yeshiva Neri Yisrael, they give you non chalav butter. Why? Because the Rambam already writes this, and the Shulchan Aruch writes that butter does not need to be chalav You know why? He says, unless you have a geonim, there were certain geonim that did forbade it. It's, it's a sadia geon in the time of the geonim. But the Rambam and Shulchan Aruch says that most Klal Yisrael, uh, we follow the, the, like the geonim that said that Chachamim only went strictly against milk and not cheese. I'm sorry, butter. So why? Because again, it's based on the Radvaz, but nobody, butter, it's impossible to make butter from non-kosher thing because it doesn't get hard and it doesn't become solid. As I'll read it for you verbatim, because milk from non-kosher animal species cannot be churned into butter. By the way, this Rav Heinemann of the Star K holds the same thing applies to uh, cream cheese. He says cream cheese is basically made like butter. So he holds that... Um, yeah. Uh, cream cheese does not need to be chalav yisrael. It's an interesting hetter. You understand? Because it's it, it's it because no, it's just, if you look at cream cheese, it's it's the, it's the same solidity as butter. Also, the real cream cheese. It's just the, the same way they make butter. They make cream cheese. He says since butter cannot non kosher milk cannot be turned into butter. So again, it's kind of like Rav Moshe's thing. We can be sure that it's coming from kosher milk. And as long as it has a kosher hashkacha, that they didn't put anything else into it, it's not artificial or margarine or, right, that's coming from non-kosher oil, it's fine. Now, what about, um, powdered milk? Powdered milk. So it's a very interesting thing that, um, powdered milk goes like this. One of the, Rav Ovadia's mentors, which was the chief rabbi of Yerushalayim, Rav C. Pesach Frank, he says that powdered milk is the exact same thing as what? Butter. butter. Because he says nobody, no, okay, you may see in some random Irwan, one in a million that somebody, you know, commercially available camel milk. I've never seen it. But you, you may, right, have seen such a thing. But to come and say that no, again, nobody makes powdered milk from pig. Exactly, there is no such there is no such system in the world to make it. And I don't know if I don't know if it's physically possible or impossible. But it's not commercially. It goes like the prichadat. It's like, and basically, according to many post game, it's not included in the in the prohibition. Of Khalav Akum. The again, the um Ravitzak Yosef, I don't know for, for what why he holds that see the Khazanish argues on this, by the way. The Khazanish says, How do you know? He says he, he argues on Rasi Pesakran. Rasi Pesakran basically makes the argument that listen, butter uh I know there's Hasidim that are machmer even to have chal butter, but I know in Neri Shal that they are chal machmer chal they got Rabbi Tender 
to, to be very careful on that. Most of the people I know butter their makel, not to have chal v'shal. Rav Sivas Achran says the whole thing, but Chazan says, how do you know? He says, it's not necessarily. Butter is brought down in the Shulchan Archa and the Rambam, but powdered milk is not. So he, he, he argues on that. It, it, um, it seems that uh, Rav Ruderman from Neri Israel in Baltimore, a lot of the community eats from the Dunkin' Donuts there. Because, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, the way they make their donuts is from powdered milk. Because Rav Ruderman, the founding Rosh Hashiva, Rosh Hashiva of Baltimore, also helped like Rav Pesach Frank. So I think it's a dispute amongst the children of Rav Ovadia what Rav Ovadia helped. Because I remember hearing personally from Rav Ovadia's oldest son that's alive, not Rav Yaakov Yosef, but Rav Avram Yosef, that he says that uh, in Israel, they used to have elite, you know, the elite brand, it's like one of the biggest, yeah, exactly, the coffee brand, it makes a lot of different, it used, they used to have an elite chocolate um, sugar uh, candy, which Robovadia used to love because of the caffeine, that's a lot, it used to have a lot of chocolate in it, and he says his father used to suck on these and stay up the whole night and learn many nights. or just sleep like two, three hours. You know, he was learning like almost 18, 20 hours a day. So it seems that um, that I wasn't able to confirm. I, I'm 100% sure that I'd heard that um, Ravavadia was um, himself. Because, again, this the, the thing used to come from outside Israel, this candy. Right, and it used to be milk dairy, and it used to have powdered milk in it. It was made with powdered milk. So, a bottom line regarding butter, I've never heard, uh, uh, except maybe I don't know what's the minhag of chabad butter. They're also machmer. Okay, so it could be that the chasidim are machmer, but the mainstream, even 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 the even the shulchan aruch and the rambam, right? Butter is exception to the rule. Powdered milk, you have some major poskim to be somechan. That um, the uh, the state of Israel does allow, state of Israel does not allow non-chal Yisrael, because it's to their benefit that they want mashkichim to be employed to make sure everything... They're... So in the state of Israel, you should know, even the rabbinate, which is not the highest kashras level, they do not go like Rabbi Moshe Feinstein in Israel. So they, everything in Israel that's even not Mahadran kosher is Chal Yisrael. Even the Chilonim and Erdl No, no, exactly. Any milk that's under even Israeli, you know, the the, the Israeli rabbinate Heksher is um is 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 Chal Yisrael, but they do they are makel on powdered milk. The only thing is, by their mahadrin, they're not. So powdered milk, um, a lot of people I know that even are machmar and chal are mach, are makel, are lenient on powdered milk, because they make the argument that powdered milk only can come from a kosher source like butter. And um, may Hashem help us to, to know that Definitely, they once asked her of Shlomo Zalman Orbach, why is there so much, why is already back in the 80s, there was terrible, terrible uh, assimilation. So he said that all of these laws that the Rabbanim made of uh, perhaps 
we could talk more about Bishul Yisrael and Pas Yisrael and Nes um, right? The wine of a non-Jew. He says all of these were created to deter us from assimilation. He said the second that people were lax and lenient in these laws, it was the beginning of the end. So therefore, as a final note, somebody that does want to be very serious about keeping these halachot, all the power to him, nowadays um, it's very easy to keep it if you live in a major metropolitan area, but those that are makal are on very, very solid ground, especially if they're going on powdered milk, which is already four, you have four levels of heterium, right? You have Rav Salavechik that says everything is um, because it's machinized, it's impossible. The Prichadash of Moshe, and then you have the heter of Rav Sipesach Frank that says that it's, it's basically butter. Um, thank you for listening.